This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours, terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this on my chest screen buddy murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in to that original sin So let's get rowdy and reckless Let's get rowdy and reckless Let's get rowdy and reckless Just for that Hello and welcome back to yet another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society and brought to you by Revelton Distillery. Please go ahead and check out all of their fine products. I'm guessing Chris might even be uh, enjoying some, um, if not now, soon. Uh, I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? Well, you are spot on. I am enjoying a cocktail from Revelton. I'm hoping that it kills whatever uh, germs that I may have floating around that's causing my voice to sound like a sex worker on a phone. <laughs> so. I, I, hmm. Okay. We'll start off that way. <laughs> Not that I know anything about that or anything, because I, I don't. I was going to say, I, I, I have a few questions, but I'm not sure I want to know the answers. So um... That's what I heard anyways. <laughs> No, we're we're both a little under the weather. I I spent a couple of days laid up with uh, a really bad fever that was uh, over 103, approaching 104 degrees, um, and uh, it completely laid me out. I did go get COVID tested. It took way longer to get the results back than normally, which was that much more frustrating. So by the time I even felt better, I was still staying home from work. Uh, and it, now, uh, whatever I do have seems to be mildly lingering so that late in the evening, I do get a, a, a mild fever and, and start to get achy and, and tired. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're both doing really well and, and staying healthy. Right. I was perfectly fine today. And I, I don't know, I, about four thirty, man, it was like something like a truck hit me. I think it's old. It's old, man. It's yeah. There's no doubt about that. I think you're suffering from a case of old. I went to the gym this morning, so I'm I'm not too old. I that, see. Might, that might be the reason why my legs feel like rubber. I guess I, that, that could have something to do with. That's a lot better than me. I I had really hoped I was going to make it to the gym after I dropped my daughter off at school. Um, ran into a lot more traffic this morning than I than I anticipated so I got myself a good half hour behind what I was planning so I ended up skipping the gym but I was completely tired so I it was probably uh just as well but being sick last week I didn't make it to the gym um all of last week so this week's going to be a light week and I could probably ease into it cuz I'll probably end up just hurting myself anyway probably yeah that's I'm contemplating already deciding whether or not to go in the morning. It, it would be different if I wasn't going at five o'clock in the morning and I wake up at, at you know, four fifteen or four forty five or whatever. So um 
I'm, but it's the only time I can go. So also it's the only time I have any kind of like want to go. Cause by the time I'm done with work, I, I don't want to go do anything. <laughs> I don't want to do anything at five in the morning. So I applaud which you is, for that. Which is the pure <laughs> definition of old man. I think so, <laughs> pretty soon I'll be taking a nap. Be taking a nap in the middle of the day. Like my dad did. Um, I would not mind that. I, so because I haven't been feeling the best this morning was one of those where I didn't know if my, my stomach could handle coffee. Uh, so I decided to forego coffee this morning and around two thirty this afternoon, I, I could have taken that nap. Um, but I also knew that if I, if I have a coffee too late in the day that I'm in trouble. So, uh, um, I started this new job and I don't start until eight thirty. So I've actually kind of cut back and go to the gym at like six. I work out for, I don't know, 40 minutes or so, come home, take a shower. And I have about a 20 minute window there where I just sit on the couch and literally think about just going back to bed. Dead frog for like 20 minutes. And then I get up and make breakfast and then eat breakfast at my desk downstairs. But it's, I mean, it's like clockwork, man. I'll, I get down there at like seven 30 and I'll sit on the couch and I'll just kind of close my eyes and just lay there for 20 minutes, which I was never, I've never been like that, but I don't know. I'm just I'm getting old. I, you Little know, say getting old isn't for sissies. <laughs> I, uh, I love naps though, man. Uh, I can't do them. Oh, I can't do them. I, I feel all fucked up for the rest of the day. Like I'll feel all out of sorts and not, and I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Well, the, tr- the trick is to, to not, not let it be long. You want to do a cat nap J- just enough to kind of refresh and not, not get you. If, if you sleep too long, yeah, then that is, that is a complete nightmare. But if I can take like a 15 minute snooze, I, in fact, I, I, I took a, a little cat nap right before dinner this evening. Um, just maybe a little 10, 10, 15 minute, but boy, did I need it. Yeah, I uh, I have a buddy of mine that um, he works uh, uh, sprinkler head installs, and he said, and he starts early in the morning, like he's usually on the road at like four in the morning going to his job site or whatever, and he he swears up and down that like a fifteen minute cat power nap is like the best thing ever, like he'll eat his lunch and then sit in his truck for fifteen minutes and nap out, and I'd be like, dude, I, there's I, there's no way I'd be functional for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's there those people that do that that polyphasic sleep where they don't sleep, you know, six hours in a row, but they'll sleep in fifteen minute increments throughout the day yeah. and throughout the evening. And supposedly they're more productive, but I, I don't know, man. At the store, uh, we had um, our store was set up uh, with my dad that we had a showroom out front, uh, and then like a little checkout area where we would ring people up and then his office there. And then in the back was a big warehouse where we had, you know, a, a repair desk and, and stuff like that. But then we had big pallet shelves that we had, you know, stuff stored on or whatever. And he, he had one of those pallet, um, shelves decked out with a little place to nap. He had bought a mattress and put there, put that on the, on the, uh, and a blanket and he had a little alarm clock and whatever And every day, man. He'd go back there and take like a two-hour nap in the afternoon. Surprisingly, it was always the most productive I ever was when he was napping because he wasn't there fucking asking me all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was 
<laughs> like clockwork, man, he would go back and, and take a nap, which I don't know how he could do it because he'd drink coffee all fucking day long. You know, that's funny. When I like when I worked a desk job, uh, I would drink coffee all day long during the week. I would, you know, I would have a coffee in the car on the way to work. I would have a coffee with my first morning meeting. Uh, and then, you know, I'd continue and I'd be drinking coffee up until like four o'clock in the afternoon. And that was Monday through Friday. Then on Saturday, I would have one and a half cups of coffee on a Saturday and I would be way too jittery and way too wired and way out of control. <laughs> but it was the only thing that got me through my, my work day was just slamming coffee after coffee. So uh, that's what I was too for a long time, especially when I was working in the office. It, same deal. We'd have a, a mon, you know, a morning meeting, and then we'd have coffee. And then as soon as the meeting was over, me and my boss would walk to the break room and get more coffee. And then pretty soon, an hour or two later, I'd pop my head in her office and go, "I'm gonna go get coffee. You want to go to the break room and get some coffee?" Because <laughs> at that point, it was just monotony breaking up the day and being able to walk to the break room. Oh yeah, absolutely. When I was so, at the when I was at the headquarters of Best Buy, then they actually had a Caribou coffee on site and then that was so successful they built a second caribou coffee in the headquarters and so oh, and so a lot of people it would be hey i got something i want to walk and talk about let's go grab a coffee and so then you know you'd take the elevator down six flights yeah. of stairs <laughs> you'd go walk 100 yards to the coffee and you'd sit and you'd go back and and you'd end up killing damn near half your afternoon just on, right. on a coffee that's what's so sad about what's going on. I mean, with COVID, I mean, obviously one of the main, you know, one of the small things, but it's just that, that office interaction that people had. I, I like working from home. I mean, I get a lot done, but I do miss sitting with coworkers and just being able to banter back and forth or have a conversation about something to break the day up. Um, I really, really miss that. So, you know, at the end, when I was still at my old company, at that point, I, I I asked to just go in the office, even though there was hardly anybody in there. It just gave me a sense of at least being able to get out of the house and go do something. Yeah, you know, that that twenty minute drive downtown to to have some coffee and felt like I was going somewhere and and sitting at my desk and you know it was lunchtime, so I'd go grab my lunch and I'd eat in the lunchroom and then I'd maybe go for a walk around the Skywalk or something. I mean, something to make to break it up instead of sitting in my house all day long. Now at this new job, it doesn't bother me as much, with the exception of. I'm learning this job and it's so hard sometimes to like message my coworker and say, Hey, can I ask you a question? Can we hop on a zoom call really quick? And she's super nice about it and does it, but you know, it's so much easier to just turn around and go, Hey, I, you know, I don't understand this. This gave me an error. What I do wrong here. And she could tell me really quick. Okay. That's been a, a, a pretty big challenge, but I mean, you just adapt to it, I guess. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what life is, right? Is you adapt to different things and, 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 and figure it out. So. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't really have a job where it's, where it's possible to, to work from home where you can't really grain out from a mash ton from home. You kind of have to be there doing it physically. Um, uh, yeah. And so that's always been kind of the thing. I, you know, having having a physical job has certainly helped kind of break that that up for me too. So, which I which I appreciate. Sometimes you just need to be able to to separate and decompress somewhere else. That's something where right. a commute a commute is always nice to kind of give you, you know, fifteen minutes alone in the car to 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 separate work from personal. 
Yeah, which I want no part of. I want no part of any kind of physical jab. That seems terrible. <laughs> that was, uh, the, was, the older that, I get, the more it, it it I can definitely feel it. That's for sure. That was that was something my dad point pinpointed out pretty quick that hard work and and physical labor was not up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you're getting up to work get out to at books, five kids. in the morning. Get to the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I was going to either, but boy, I just enjoyed it so much. It just it, it it took too long to realize. I wish I would have realized it twenty years sooner, so I wouldn't be doing it when my body's falling apart on me, and I could still do it when I'm still, yeah, uh, you know, spry. Oh, for sure. There's something to be said about not not sitting and, and having the same view every single day. Yeah, there's something there's something to be said for that. I I was talking to Stacy um, Saturday. We were coming back from the Iowa State game, uh, which was a shit show, by the way. Took me an hour to get out of Ames on Saturday evening. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, It was fucking ridiculous. And if you're familiar with Ames, we went all the way up to 13th and it was one way traffic. And it was I was on that road for like 40 minutes. But I went out 13th and it reminded me that I had applied for uh, after the store closed. I'd applied for a job with a software company um, traveling around the state of Iowa, um, demonstrating and and fixing any issues that people might have with software or whatever. And at the time I was like, man, that'd be so cool just to drive around Iowa all the time. And, and, and uh, you know, just seeing different people and being in the car and driving. And and it was just, it seemed now looking back, that seemed like a terrible idea. I I would not want to do that. But I and I and maybe that was just because of the life I have now as opposed to the life that I had before. You know, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, my my dad got to retire uh, as a uh, support agronomist for uh, Iowa State Extension. And so he did spend kind of the the final years of his career driving around to, to fields you know, in various places around Iowa. So he got a lot of windshield time. Um, but he had he had gone through a lot of other jobs that I think, you know, you know, even when he officed out of the home and, and would be down in the basement until, you know, nine, ten o'clock at night sometimes, I think he really relished the ability to get out and and drive around the countryside. Yeah. No, it's I'm I'm glad I didn't do it. Um but again, I was in a different, I was in a different place and a different person back then, than I am now. So, so, so that kind of yes around here, by the way, we call that BS before Stacy <laughs> coined that, or or as Caitlin said the other day, DT during Tracy because that was my <laughs> name was Tracy. Which FYI, audience, I don't ever recommend um, marrying somebody. Uh, with a name that's super close to your ex-wife's name, because that can get you in trouble a couple times. <laughs> I mean, I'm not obviously regretting it. I'm just saying it's it's a pitfall that you might want to be aware of. <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, I, I can't even imagine uh, uh, how many times you've screwed that up. Uh, I, I'm just so bad with names anyway that I that it wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> I think it would. I think it would be trouble. Well, I mean, that sort of that, that sort of transition. So, looking back at like maybe 
a choice that you could have made that you didn't, or maybe the other way around of of choices that, uh, you know, you wonder if things would have been different, uh, or things that you wish you could understand. You know, there's always benefit of hindsight, and I I spent I. I try not to live in the past and I try not to live in regret, but I always say that I don't trust anyone who says they have no regrets. Um, because somewhere along the line, you probably did hurt someone. Uh, somewhere along the line, you probably made a mistake that you didn't need to make. And, you know, it's one thing to say, Oh, well each mistake, it's a lesson learned and it helped shape me, but I, I'm going to call bullshit on that because there are some mistakes that I know that I made that I didn't need that lesson. I already knew it yeah. was a mistake. Like, like I don't, to me, it's not, that's not what's going on. So I, I, I will say that I, I spent some time thinking here recently, like, okay, if you had a time machine, would, you know, would you go forward or would you go backwards and what would you do with it? Um, you know, and, and question. yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, part of this is, is our friend Bill had, had said something to us once on, on, on Twitter that, uh, uh, your dad knew the man that you would be and he just wished you'd get there faster. And so I, I'm, I, I suppose I can think about maybe what Melvin would have done with the time machine. Um, Oh, he definitely would have went to the future, figured out what was going on, and then made money off of it. <laughs> but I'm not sure that that was the conversation we wanted to have. But I'm just saying, that's what he, would he would have, he would have, uh, he would have back to the future that shit. Yeah, he would have biffed hand in that and, and uh, right. started a gambling empire. Okay. He, he, he took whatever liberties he could have. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> uh, but you know, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would want to go back that mm -hmm. time machine. Uh, I, I mean, I have regrets. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I wish that I wouldn't have quit football when I was in high school. I wish that I wouldn't have, I wish that I would have done a better job in school when I was first there. Uh, I wish that I would have tried to get healthier sooner. Uh, lots of those things that the, the problem with that is, 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 what trajectory of life does that put me on instead and take away what I have now? There's no mm -hmm. guarantees that I would have uh, Taylor and Caitlin uh, mm -hmm. or the boys or Stacy uh, or the, you know, the life that I live now that I'm extremely happy with and, and blessed with um, mm -hmm. even though earlier parts of my life were really hard and really difficult. Um, so I don't know that I would want to go back. Uh, I would want to, I can't say that I wouldn't want to experience what that was like. I mean, I, I grew up um, pretty heavy uh, my entire childhood and, and, and college years. I, I, you know, I always said back then that there was a person that I know who I am deep down inside. I just can't find him because there's too much of, a physical body there. Um, what, what kind of a person would I have been back then? And that might sound superficial to some people, but when you're overweight and have self-esteem issues, you, you 
like push a lot of that shit deep, deep down. I always relate it to uh, you're the biggest person in the room and all you want to do is not be seen. Does that make sense? And it's mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you want to do is not be seen. So when I say things like I, you know, I wish that I could have experienced that. I, I do because I, I imagine what my life would be if I was had the confidence that I had deep down. I just didn't have the body because I was, I was self-conscious about that. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't, I don't think that's superficial at all. I think a lot of the, as much as I want, you know, as much as I want my daughter to grow up with a positive body image and I want her to, to feel confident. I also know that the world is judging whether or not you are judging yourself, the world is judging. So it does impact opportunities that you have. It does impact uh, relationships that you build. It does impact, you know, because a lot of this is, is you know, subconscious psychological stuff. You know, study yeah. after study shows that taller, more attractive people get jobs when, unless that job is model or reaching things off the top shelf, being taller or more attractive has no bearing on your performance. Right. Right. But but those things do. And so it it becomes this this trick of having the right having the right mindset, having the right body image while understanding being honest with how you're being viewed in the world so that you can you can game the system. Right. I man, I, I, I know people to this day. are You know, they're constantly making fun of the fact that I'm not tall and they're they're constantly, you know, thinking differently of me and it's a really minor cross to bear. So I, I don't, I don't mind it at all, but knowing that that's in the way, okay, that's where I developed, you know, a sense of humor or, you know, tried to be smarter than the other person or things like that. So, you know, I, I, I totally get that. Yeah. That's, that's a good point because I, I think that you, you compensate, I guess is the right word for what you feel are your fallacies. I mean, I, I, I don't think that I could at that point uh, stand up and, and articulately express in an interview what I could do or uh, because I just didn't have the self-confidence or even talking to a woman. I mean, I, that those types of things. But I could then turn around. To me, I always thought, well, if I'm self-depreciating and people and I make fun of myself and I make jokes at my own expense and so on, then people will laugh and they'll like me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I lived my life. And looking back, uh, I had friends that were like that. Now, at some point I met a group of friends, uh, holy fuck. What year is this? 2021. So (laughs) 1990s, 31 years ago, uh, right out of college. Well, I knew one of them fairly well when I was younger, I'd only saw him during scouting, uh, outings. Um, um, and his name is Randy Jimenez and his brother, Brian, and then my friend, Jeff Weeks. I met them all when we worked at a restaurant together and they were the, one of the first ones that they just liked me because I was Chris, right? Not because Mm -hmm. I made them laugh or at my expense or whatever. They enjoyed my company. We had stuff in common. Um, we were just friends. And that was the first time I ever really felt like I had friends that, um, didn't, uh, didn't use me at my own ex- for jokes at my own expense, right? Does that make sense? 
Oh, totally. But that's now um, why you, that's what why you now have Bill and I uh, in your lives. Right. Yeah. So that I can <laughs> be made fun of on a daily basis on Twitter. So, right. Because you know, I always like to go back to my roots a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We're just trying to make you feel young. Right. So you know that that that's when I I started. I think a little bit to uh, to at least be comfortable with my friends. Um, I think the flip side of that is, is I got really super comfortable and just kept getting bigger and bigger, you know, and about that time is when, uh, I, I met my first wife too. So, you know, which is a whole nother deal as far <laughs> as I know. I mean, I, as far as there was an instance where I didn't think I was ever going to do any better. So she liked me. Uh, so I better latch on to her. Sure. You know, so yeah, but you know, to your point of, you know, would you be the person you are today, or would you have the same experiences had you gone gone back and changed all of that? Um, so I was watching recently, since we are talking time travel, and maybe this is what got this in my head. Uh, but there's Netflix has a series called The Movies That Made Us, yeah, and they and they go over the making of Back to the Future. Yes, and Eric Stoltz. That one. Yeah, yeah. Eric Stoltz was originally cast as Marty McFly, yeah. and he played it way too dramatic and serious because he thought, "Oh my God, this is a tragedy. This guy comes back, and he's living a life that he doesn't know." Like at the very end of the movie, when when Marty's parents are successful and Biff is washing the car and all of this stuff, uh, he's like. So now Marty has to live this lie because it's not something that he knew, um, which I thought was, you know, it, it totally makes sense. Um, obviously, that wasn't the right way to play that role for the success of the movie. But it is I, it is something that I suppose when I think about, hey, would I go back and, you know, if I could go back and in a time machine and just talk to 14 year old me, how would I have changed the the trajectory of my life? Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I can honestly say I wouldn't want to trade my trajectory in my life because a, a lot of the decisions that I made when I was married the first time and a lot of the um, decisions uh, and the way I treated people and, and, and uh, things like that make me, I think, the better husband that I am now. And um, I, I'll give you a good example. Uh, we just bought new furniture here uh, at the house uh, uh, in August. It just showed up. Um, but Stacy and I, you know, those decisions were made together. We shopped a lot. We uh, talked about it. We, you know, compromised or whatever. Um, it was a different experience when I bought. I remember distinctly buying brand new furniture uh, when I was married to my first wife. Um, and uh, I just pretty much told her I wanted to buy what I wanted to buy. Um, she wanted to buy what she wanted to buy. <clears throat> so we ended up buying two living room sets, which looking back is a terrible idea because we had two different living rooms. I mean, now, we, <laughs> now we've spent, I mean, now we've spent a shit ton of money that we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the day it was going to get delivered. I said to her, uh, I'll be home. Do not move any of the furniture because in my head, I knew I wanted to bring it into the back door. And I was going to move all the other furniture up to the upstairs living room. 
move it in and then kind of move it, you know, through the house. Um, because it was just me and and her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came home. She had moved all the furniture right into the fucking hallway that I did not that I was going to pull the, the new furniture in, and it was more work. And I remember getting pissed at her and saying, "Why did you fucking move this furniture?" I said, "I told you not to move it," and blah blah blah. And she's like, "Well, I thought," and I reacted and said, "Well, that's your fucking problem. You were thinking again." Ouch. And that's a shitty thing to say. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible, shitty thing to say. Even though she didn't think things through and she, but her, her intention was good. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine saying that to Stacey now. Yeah. Because I look back now and go, that was a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't talk to her that way. And there were a lot of times where I would make, you know, I'd be with my buddies and we would talk about, uh, I don't know, we would talk about whatever. And I would make a joke at Tracy's expense. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'd get a laugh. I, I, I can't even fathom doing that about Stacy now, mm-hmm. even though she would not be mad. And, and the tables are turned. She makes jokes at my expense all the time. Cause it's funny. You know, I'm old, I'm losing my hair, I, you know, I've got eyebrows that are, you know, five inches too long. I mean, all that shit. Um, and I will kindly remind her, do you ever notice I don't do that to you? Um, and she'll be like, well, you're better than I am. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's just a, that's just an, a, a, an evolution of, of a character trait that even though I had regrets in my life, uh, I wouldn't want to go back and change that because I wouldn't ever w- dream about wanting to treat Stacy the way that I treated Tracy. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I I I, th- I think in 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 my brain, <laughs> uh, I have a way to where the time machine. Allows me to have the knowledge of my bad decisions, uh, but still erase the bad decisions. You know, like because, like I, I, you know, sure, I, I, yeah, I get that. That yeah. I mean, obviously you would, but the question is, is do you want to change those? That's the question. So, for example, let's say that I, let's say that I, I know the the mistakes that I've made, and mm-hmm. I go back in time, and I don't make those mistakes with Tracy. Am I still married to her? Because yeah. there were still fundamental things about her and I that didn't mesh. You know, uh, our kids number one, and and putting our kids first over over ourselves. And you know, the girls are old enough. I've had conversations with the girls, so you know, at this point, other than other than the exact reason why we're not married anymore, I'm not getting into that. Yep. This will be free reign because they're old enough. They know, and yep. they know. Who, the, who their mom is mm-hmm. um but there were fundamental things that, that she didn't believe in that i did number one that our kids were more important than we were uh that's just how i was so mm-hmm. regardless now again if i was a better person and treated her nicer and whatever else we'd probably still be married but where would our kids be caitlin would not be the girl that she is now i can tell you that because what Stacy has shown her and what Stacy has 
given her as an example of what a mother should be and a, and a woman should be, Caitlin would not be the girl that she is now. Sure. Sure. Uh, not that Caitlin didn't have and doesn't have the, the personality inside of her, but she wouldn't have had anybody to see what that was modeled about. And she, I mean, she's, you know, she's smart. She knows, you know, she loves her mom. I'm not, you know, and, and cares about her mom and, 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 and adores her. Um, but she also knows, you know, what her mom is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's a really good point. I think. Um, unfortunately, it often takes. um Hmm. It takes some shit to happen for you to appreciate what's good. Um, you know, so one big thing for me when I when I'm doing this whole kind of daydreaming fantasizing thing is realizing that I wanted to be a brewer earlier in my career. Uh, I really wish that I would have come to this when I was. Um, you know, in my twenties, uh, particularly so my, my body and health could handle it, but also just so I wouldn't have spent so many years of my life in corporate America chasing, I don't even know what, not enjoying it at all. Um, but then I also know people that, uh, get burnt out in this industry and I think don't know, uh, they don't know enough about what the alternative looks like to, to kind of appreciate what, what is good that I'm not sitting uh, in a cubicle that I'm not in 27 meetings a week that I'm not filling out TPS reports, you know, those types of things that, that were all too real. And then I think also there are some aspects of the corporate life that, uh, you know, some of these small businesses, some of these small brewers could benefit from actually uh, implementing some of the best practices. So it's good that I have those in my arsenal, I guess. But, you know, I, I wonder, did I need to have as many years of that uh, to get to that? Oh, point? sure. Could I, or could I have found it out a lot sooner? Sure. No, that that I've said a hundred times. And, you know, we're talking personal life, career wise, you know, whatever. And I know I keep going back to the other thing, but it was a big part of my life was I I've I've said a hundred times I would I, I would never not wanted to have married Tracy because then I wouldn't have the girls. Yep. Um now would I have liked to maybe realize what a mistake it was earlier? Yes. Yeah. Because I think that um I think that Taylor would be in a better spot. Than she is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that's a big regret that I wish I could go back and change. If that, it, I mean, there there there's an answer. If I could go back and change something, it would be that I probably would have got the girls out of that environment um, earlier and focused. And and if we're being a hundred percent honest, I probably wouldn't have dated the girl right after Tracy because that was a train wreck. <laughs> that was a good example of me making a selfish decision 
I was wrapped up with a girl that was 11 years younger than I was at the time. I was like 37. She was 26. Um, she did a pretty big number on me as far as uh, an idea of what she wanted to be a mother and a, and a, and a wife and, and all these other things. And she was not mentally <coughs> or mature enough to handle it. Sure. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Taylor took the brunt of a lot of that. Uh, so that would be a regret. I, I um, think, I think coming out of a divorce though, um, uh, I've had to learn to kind of give myself a pass or, you know, for, forgive myself for kind of the, the, the ways I thought and the ways I behaved and the ways I acted because you, you feel, I don't want to say that you feel like a failure, but you feel like, you know, uh, Hey, I, I clearly made mistakes. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Time to change, but that doesn't mean that you've pinpointed the right mistakes or you've pinpointed the right changes. And so you go through even more mistakes trying to figure out uh, how to, you know, you make, you don't just go from, hey, I took those mistakes and now I, I'm not making those mistakes. Now you just have a whole new set of mistakes that you start to make. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't cut myself any slack. I I was a complete fuck up when it came to that kid, and, and I'll and it doesn't matter how many times people tell me any different. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes that have caused Taylor a lot of problems, and I can't fix them now. Um, and I'm probably making mistakes right now when it comes to her. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, I, I won't ever cut myself any slack because that was my job. That's what God put me on this earth to do was to raise my my kids. Um, and I, I've done a shitty job when it comes to Taylor to the point where I don't know that I can help her anymore. So, I mean, not to get too heavy, but that's. I. I if I could go back and change something, that would be it. And we've talked about that before, but yeah, I don't. uh is 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 as great as Caitlin has turned out and as great as the boys are doing, Taylor is floundering and it's my fault. Now, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have responsibility for her decisions and she doesn't mm -hmm. have responsibility and she's and and she's living with those decisions and responsibilities because I've washed my hands of it. But that absolutely falls to me. And the day that I die and 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 go to the pearly gates, I'll have to answer for it. So so do you do you think that that's something that you had the wisdom at the time or that you only have the wisdom of hindsight on? I have, I have the wisdom of hindsight, but that as a father doesn't make you feel any better. No, I no, I I trust me. I I I get that. Right. I, I mean, I know you know that I I didn't you know, I, I don't want to yeah. come off as you don't know. That's I mean, when you're a father, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's. You know. I, you, you have a responsibility to your to your wife and, and your family and your kids, and it doesn't matter what the reason was. If you failed, you failed, and you and you're going to have to answer for it. Now, yeah. whether or not that's whether or not she never comes out of whatever she's in, or if God forbid something happens to her, uh, I'll have to live with that. And all I can do is make the best decision 
that I can at the moment that the decision needs to be made. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I'm struggling with it right now. Actually, I, it's a little easier now because I'm more pissed off than I am. I'm more pissed off at her now than I am like sad. I think, I I think for me, the things where I, I can't, I have a hard time, uh, forgiving myself for choices that I've made, uh, things that I've done, mistakes that I've made where I have a hard time forgiving myself on those. Um, uh, those are the things that, that, that absolutely are, even when they're not on my mind, they're still in the back of my head. So even if the, uh, the stress of the day or the, you know, problem du jour is what's keeping me up at night, uh, what's already made it difficult for me to sleep and not, and, you know, not ever get super comfortable anyway is, is that I'm already kind of carrying around a little bit of that, that, that baggage, uh, with me at all times. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't ever go away. Um, I mean, I, I know for a fact that when my dad passed away, there was a lot of shit that he, well, I can tell you, I, I remember the night that he passed away. Um, we were all in the room together. Uh, he had had a stroke that day. My mom was gone. My mom was, uh, um, sorry. My mom was, um, away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I had went and saw him on Friday and mowed his lawn, mowed their lawn. And I came in and he was sitting at the, at the, on the chair smoking. And I remember saying, does mom know you're smoking in here? And he goes, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, mom's not here, you know? <laughs> and uh, that was the last conversation I had with him. Um, she came home the next day and found him passed out in the hallway. Uh, he had had a stroke. Which is the reason why I have my phone with me all the time now, because I was on a golf course when she found him and I left my phone in the car and it was 10 days before Stacy and I was going to get married and we were playing golf with some friends and uh, her and and her friend were going to go do some shopping for the wedding and her husband and I were going to finish playing golf. And I remember Stacy in a golf court driving back to the hole that we were on with my phone. I had 17 missed phone calls from my mom. Uh, so I went to the hospital. Uh, he was in the bed. Sorry, this is probably not fun conversation. Uh, anyways, he, um, my sisters were there. Uh, my uncle was there. And I remember when he passed away, the very first thing my mom said was, he gets to see my baby before I do, which was my brother who died. Mm-hmm. And he had died because he had put a bag over his head when he was three. My mom was pregnant with me and it dawned on me that I was 40 years old. That was 40 years ago. And that was the first thing that she blurted out because she had been carrying that guilt around still for 40 days for 40 years. Wow. So when I say that you don't ever let it go, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a good example. Um, that was, that was, that was the night that, I mean, 
we had talked a little bit about beforehand what we were going to talk about and we mm -hmm. talked about um you know you had said earlier when you know dad had always said he knew the man that i would become he just wished that i would have become faster mm -hmm. I, I became a man pretty quick that night because i was the one that that picked up the pieces after that i didn't cry for a week because i was too busy taking care of my mom and and I remember before he passed away, it was just me and him in a room and I was holding his hand and I was just promising him that I would take care of our mom and that I would take care of everything and make sure that he would. And honestly, I've probably fucking failed at that too, Tim. Because I, I don't see my mom enough. Um, She lives on the south side of town. I call her every once in a while, but I don't call her or talk to her very often. Um, and I don't know why, and she's not mad about it. I just, I'm, I'm busy. I have my family and I'm busy. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that was probably the night that I flipped a switch <laughs> on a lot of stuff. And I, and I think, I mean, I think my initial question is, is, or was going to be, so you heard this from your mom, what do you do with it? And so you've, you know, you've kind of shared, well, this is where it kind of hit, but so that made a change, but now what do you do with that today? When you look back and you think about that moment, the moment that he died, the, the moment that she, the moment that she said that, right. Yeah. And now you go and you think back to it today you can say, hey, when when this all went down, I, I, you know, it changed my life. But is it continuing to change your life? Yeah, I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot because anytime that I feel like I've made a mistake with the kids, I instantly pile it all on me. Um, and and. It's it's helped a little bit because Stacy has really helped, um, like pull me away from that. Mm -hmm. And we have again, it helps having a spouse that is your equal, and you're not dragging along all day long. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't have to do all the heavy lifting all the time because she's you know just as capable to take my burdens for a couple of days or vice versa. Um. But yeah, it's it's. I still think about it a lot, and I still try to to make the right decisions and do the best I can. Um, but you know, Taylor's a good example. You know, we talked about a year ago. I moved her into that house and that counseling house and whatever, uh, and I haven't really said anything to anybody other than outside the family. That I mean, she up and moved in in April and moved out of that place and moved to. Mississippi with her girlfriend mm -hmm. and uh, it is calling herself Taylor now. And, and she currently, I don't know, is just floundering. And I, I've given her a good letting alone. I told her that she was on her own. At this point, I was done bailing her ass out that if it didn't work there, she better find a fucking way to get home. If she can get home. And she can call her mother because God knows her mother hasn't done fucking shit. Mm -hmm. And she called me a selfish prick the other day. A narcissist prick because I wouldn't. She's 
she's getting kicked out of her house by her landlord because they're not keeping the house clean, which is something she wouldn't do even here. Mm -hmm. Keep her house clean. So I know that it's a problem. And she's giving me lame ass excuses as to why she can't do this and can't do that. And I told her, I said, well, you know, when I had those problems, when I was a younger and I had a family, cause she's, you know, this girlfriend that she has has two boys. I picked up the phone, called my dad and my dad would come over and help me. You want to know why that doesn't work for you? Because you moved five fucking States away. Mm-hmm. So you're, you made that choice. You're on your own. And at that point she called me a narcissistic prick. And I said, how dare you? I said, I, every, at every turn I have, uh, I have done everything I can for you and your mother hasn't done one fucking thing. And the one time I decide to stick to my guns and try to teach you a lesson, you resort to calling me a bunch of names. Now I realize that's her choice. And I realize that that's all on her, but as a dad, I still can't help but react that maybe I failed. Yeah, I I can't even begin to uh, imagine what that what that feels like. Uh, what you're carrying around with all of that, uh, I can't imagine. Um, you know, when I when I have struggles as uh, as a parent or a partner or whatever. Um, uh, I'm lucky enough to have my folks that I can talk to about things like that. Um, there's certainly plenty of things that we don't talk about. Certainly plenty of things left unsaid. Um, do you find yourself in, in, in some of those situations wondering how Melvin would handle it? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, my dad always, 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 no matter how mad he was at me, always without fail, Tim, at the end of the night or the next day would always give me a hug and tell me he loved me uh-huh. and, uh, and, and, and then help me figure out a way to fix it. Uh-huh. I haven't done that. I, I've told her I loved her and I've told her that I've. I'm praying for her and praying that things work out for her, but I have not helped her at this point. And I don't know if Melvin would or not, because none of his kids ever acted that way. Sure. I, I, well, let's back up. And and she's a, she's a sweetheart. And I, and I, and she's the, the best thing that's happened to my mother ever is my oldest sister. I mean, my oldest sister lives with my mom, takes care of everything I, I couldn't ask for a better sister to take care of my mom. But when she was younger, she was kind of hard to handle. And so look, and I was way young, so I don't know. But I would think that my dad probably treated her a lot like Taylor in uh-huh. that you're you're on your fucking own if you're going to make these decisions. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I, I remember one time she got put into Mitchellville and for running away. And the guy came out and said, well, she said that she'd come home with you as long as you didn't uh punisher and dad said well you better just keep her fucking locked up in there because as soon as we get home i'm beating her ass i mean that was you know uh 
and she went home. So, <laughs> but, and, uh, so yeah, maybe he would have, maybe he would have given her it, uh, but I, that's the problem. I don't know. Cause he's not here and I can't ask him. And it's been 10 years since I've got to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I, I'm a lot like him. Um, and he had a lot of faults. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I mean, he would tell you that. Uh-huh. I mean, his famous saying was "Do as I say, not as I do." Um, <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, that was always my out was, "Well, you did this and you did that," and then his response was, "Well, you should do as I say and not as I do." Um, so I don't. I as sad as it is, I don't know because he's been gone for ten years and I don't know. I don't know uh-huh. what the I don't know what he would do. He would probably tell me I'm doing the right thing, uh, just like everybody else does. But it's super easy to do that when it's not your kid. Yeah. No, I yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Wow. Um, wow. Um, I'm, I'm getting an I'm echo, getting by the way, Chris. Mm, let me turn this down. I'm a little closer to the mic now. Okay. How's that? Is that better? Uh, yeah, I think that's better. Okay, okay per- perfect. I was leaning in. I'm, at, I'm, I'm two whiskeys in at this point. Who knows where this fucking is going to go? Uh, well, also, it's, my voice is sounding sexier and sexier as we go on. I was going to comment that it's it's gotten uh, now that now that your voice has gotten a little more whiskey. So also, this Rebel Con, I, I look damn skinny on this camera. I look kind of sexy. <laughs> I'm going to have a moment with myself here in about five minutes. Oh my goodness. Well, um, uh, that certainly helps break some of the tension. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it creates a new different kind of tension, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh. um, uh, man, uh, this has certainly gotten probably a lot deeper uh than i had anticipated uh but that's 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 good uh, I, uh you know i don't think we, there's anything wrong with that i mean i i don't i don't know I, I stacy and i've had this conversation before she's a very private person i'm not i mean I, i'm an open book and uh i think she sometimes struggles a little bit with how open i am mm-hmm. especially online on social media and whatever um, but she had, her eyes have opened up a little bit by, um, a few people that we've met that have met me just based off of Twitter and whatever, and have come up and said, um, nice things about me that, you know, that, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to, I, I'm not bragging. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying, I, that's why I do this because I do try to be open because there might be people that that get something out of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think one thing that I've learned through all of this is is you know just again a reminder of you never know what what someone else is going through, but also right. I think just understanding uh, that you know by being more open and honest, just in general, um, it makes people more comfortable. I mean, I certainly. Uh, try to be open and honest with my depression and anxiety and those struggles. Uh, because when you're, when you're suffering from, uh, 
a major depression um like i have in the past i continue to 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 be challenged with it zaps your energy or your will to do anything to solve that because it 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 feels hopeless and so you you don't do anything and i think being able to be open and honest hopefully more more people can be open and honest and it can be destigmatized that people feel more comfortable talking um and you know and and tonight you know we like to say all the time on here uh that we're a couple old guys who have all the answers and so that's that's why we do this is is kind of sharing that that wisdom but i think tonight i think was a good acknowledgement that sometimes we don't have the answers and and there's uh i don't want to say hopefully there's a power but i think there's maybe uh a a lesson um in all of that too is that uh as much as you can try to be in control of everything sometimes you're not yeah well and and that's where and in in different degrees of of people's faith and and things like that that's where i rely a lot on uh, on faith now there's a difference in my mind of between religion and faith mm-hmm. um organized religion I, again my dad was in my dad had an eighth grade education but sometimes he had some amazing insight there's more violence in the world perpetuated in the name of religion in this world than anything else uh-huh. now faith is something different um uh i'm a practicing catholic um but i don't believe everything that the catholic church tells me i should believe uh-huh. uh, because i don't believe jesus is a hypocrite number one i mean if we want to get real down to it right right i mean i i don't believe that if a that if a gay man uh dedicates his entire life to uh serving children in Africa who are poor and giving them free medical and, and, and taking care of them for the entire life. And then when he dies, he goes to the pearly gates. I don't believe Jesus is going to go, sorry, we're not letting you in here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not buying that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That being said, I rely a lot on my faith when it comes to that kind of stuff. And it's pretty, um, it's pretty empowering. I can sit back sometimes and go, I, this is too much for me. So, and that's, that's what I've done a lot with Taylor lately. This is too much for me. I can't fix it. So all I can do is pray that God's going to guide her and take care of her. And there's some comfort in that if you really believe it. And it was the same thing when dad, when dad passed away, I remember everybody and I, and I'm not criticizing at all, but I remember all my sisters and everybody crying when my dad died. And I remember almost having a sense of relief because I knew what kind of pain he was in. Mm-hmm. And I knew instantly he felt better and it was selfish of me to, to want to keep him here when he was in so much pain, when he's so much better now. And the power of having faith in that is what helped me deal with that. You know, I, I was, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day um, and they were talking about, uh how uh you know clergy find themselves sometimes suffering uh with 
depression and imposter syndrome and crises of faith because so often they're set up to kind of be a, a spiritual guide and to help provide answers um, and to help provide instruction. And when so badly what they want to be able to say is, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a great line in, in the movie Rudy when he, uh, if you've seen it, and he goes and he talks to the priest about wanting to get into to, to Notre Dame. And, and the priest says, I know two concrete things in life. There's a God, and I'm not him. <laughs> right like yeah. he doesn't have, he didn't have all the answers <laughs> yeah. he knows there's a god but i don't got all the answers i'm a human i'm a human mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. you know that's it was it was profound if you think about it yeah and it's exactly you know hammers your point yeah, i i think finding some i don't even want to say comfort because I don't think you find comfort or, or relief when you're struggling, um, but it is an acceptance of I don't know the answers. And what I do know is banging my head against a wall isn't getting me anywhere. Right. Uh, and sometimes the quickest way to manage the pain is to quit banging your head. Amen to that. So that's that's exactly right. Right. It 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 doesn't it doesn't solve the problem, but it at least prevents making things worse. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the whole joke of doctor, my arm hurts when I do this. Well then quit doing that. Quit doing um that. Yeah. Uh but I I think that's that's probably what tonight was 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 just man, there's 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 a lot that has made you who you are. Um, hold on, hold on. I gotta pop up some more <laughs> Get a selfish plug in there for our for our therapist. Oh, I love it. whiskey that's opening up the floodgates here. <laughs> who knew Rob Taylor and Christy Taylor were making such great things, and I would just open up my entire soul at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that is the 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 endorsement that Rob is looking for. That's the tagline that he wants, I'm sure. Oh. No, I I mean I I think you know so many times when we talk about like um how our experiences have made us the person we are today and we wouldn't change that because we would be a different person today. I I feel like there's an implication of and I love everything about who I am today or I love everything about where i'm at today and i think i think the honest answer is i'm still a flawed person right um yeah i like to think i'm a better person um i like to think that i've you know i'm an evolved person but i'm always a work in progress that that's evolve is the word that i was going to use i i do you um there is no perfect person Mm-hmm. Oh, the only guy that was perfect, they nailed that poor bastard to a cross. So, I mean, what? where does that get you? Now, it's okay. The only way that you can grow and the only way that you can, that you can 
is to evolve and move on and try to better yourself. Mm-hmm. Failure is living the status quo, right? And that's 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 how I was 15 years ago. Chris BS before Stacy or before you know dad passed away or before I decided to change my life when I was going to lose weight and become the man that I wanted to become. There were a lot of times in my life where my mantra was, that's not fair. Why does this happen to me? It's not fair. Why does this happen to me? Instead of recognizing what was happening and fixing myself and changing what I needed to change so that those things could change. That power was within me. But before it was always somebody else's fault. Uh-huh. I was unlucky or uh, it, it's never going to happen for me or whatever. Listen, Tim, 10, 15 years ago, I lived in the house with a, with a woman who we were basically roommates. Um, I had two wonderful kids, but I was 450 pounds and couldn't play with them and couldn't do anything with them. Uh, I was swimming in debt. Uh, I was living in a house that was crumbling around me. The foundation was crumbling. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, we'll skip over that. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that my marriage was shit. Uh I know it was. Uh Uh, And it was everybody else's fault, but my own. Uh Now I live in an amazing home with an amazing woman with unbelievable kids uh, with family and friends that I adore and cherish. Uh, I have an amazing, I mean, I'll just say it. I have an amazing experience doing this podcast with you uh, and, 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 and the, the relationships that I've gotten out of this um, and out of my social media. I mean, I had, I had two guests that we had on. I had Paul and Heather. They were at the house last weekend. We watched football together with a bunch of other people. I, I, I have a great job. That's all because I changed my attitude. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm blessed. 15 years ago, I was cursed. I was I, I was convinced that I was cursed. You go through cancer. You sit in a, in a chemo room with a bunch of kids. You realize what your blessings are and you count those motherfuckers. And then you realize you're pretty fucking blessed around here. Uh-huh. And, and I've said this before. Um, but a lot of people would say, you know, when you had cancer, that was a shitty year. That was probably the best year I've ever had uh-huh. because I realized what I had in my life. Uh-huh. There's, uh, there's that scene in, uh, uh, fight club and it just got referenced on Ted Lasso in the coach beard. Okay. Well, there's this thing where. They make someone go through shit. I know. I'm, I, I I should know better than to reference anything ever. Um, I've watched Ted Lasso, but I'm only two two episodes into season two, so let's not. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. Well, there's we're, what the idea of uh, when you make somebody think they're going through tragedy because tomorrow they'll wake up and everything will be that much more beautiful. Uh because you, the idea being that you're taking for granted what you have, uh, you don't realize how good you have it until you have a chance to lose it. 
Um, yeah. Right. And I, I think, I think yeah. that's, that's something that, that is a good lesson. And I think also learning, you can only control what you can control and you can't control anything else. So yeah. learning to control what you can control and, you know, the rest, let, let the rest sort itself out. Uh, I think, uh, Certainly easier said than done, but I think it's a it's a good healthy reminder. So, um, well, shoot, man. With that, uh, do you have anything else you kind of wanted to touch on this week? No, I think I think we've covered the gamut here. <laughs> I appreciate. You. How about that? I appreciate this. I appreciate you. I appreciate. Uh, the tailgate society for the opportunity to do something like this. Um, likewise, man, I, I, I've joked before that, that, uh, uh, this podcast is as much therapy for me as anything else. Um, but it, but it's true. I, I, you know, sometimes like, you know, maybe I'm having a crummy day and I'm tired and, and I, and I look ahead and I go, Oh, I still have to record a podcast and I don't know if I have the energy for it. And then after every single podcast, I feel, I feel way better and I feel refreshed and I feel like I've got a new outlook. So, um, uh, all I can say is ditto, man. Thank you so much. Um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep recording those. How does that sound? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just keep doing episodes. Yeah. Yeah, let's do a whole episode where we make fun of Aaron. Let's do that. Oh, I'm I'm down with that. Um, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I like that. For those of you who don't we'll find know, find out real quick if he's listening. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Listening now, if I don't get a reaction uh, in the next couple of days, I'll know that he doesn't listen. Fucker. Uh, I don't even think he listens to bitter units. I don't even think he. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even think he listens while he's talking. I had so much fun with him in Vegas. <laughs> he was a blast. I had so much fun with him in Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, um, uh, well, we thank everyone for listening. Please go ahead. Uh, go ahead and, and and take a look at some of our, our old episodes. We I would love it if I saw some of our old episodes kind of pop up in numbers here again. If people that are maybe just now joining us and, and they, they took a chance to go in and, and look at some of our deep cuts. <laughs> um but please, if you can do us a favor and go download, like, rate, subscribe, all of that gets more eyes on us, uh, gives us an opportunity to have, you know, exciting guests. I, I love when Chris and I talk, but I also have loved some of the amazing guests that Chris has booked for us to talk and learn lessons from as well. So uh, we want to continue uh, doing this. So please go ahead and do that. Please go ahead and check out the tailgate society we're continuing to put out a lot of great contents continuing to add some new talent to that website uh, uh there's yeah, some a new article that they got uh, the weekly article of the remake or revere for for uh films that were number one uh, 20 years ago today is that's kind of a nice feature that we got going on there yeah that's that's oh, awesome. I got a regular for oceans 11 on december 4th it's probably the only movie that i've seen from that year and and so yeah and so that's you know that's an Aaron idea but that's inspired by another podcast on the Tailgate Society Network called Culture Check yeah. when he went on as 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 a guest to uh, recast 
uh, a, a couple of movies uh, with current cast. Uh, uh, um, Trading Places, uh, and I don't remember what else, but uh, definitely uh, From Hell, which I, I don't even know what this movie is. Yeah. Heather Graham. Oh, Heather Graham is a sex worker. I should watch this movie. <laughs> uh, you actually should watch that one. I, I'll i be honest. I, in 2001, I was not watching a ton of movies, so uh, I, I have not seen a, a ton of them on the list. How old, were you, in, how old were you when you were in, 20, in 2001? And in, in, I, was, I was 22. Okay, so... I was, oh, hold on now. I want to ask you a question. Why is it that I'm getting crucified for not knowing music from 1991 when I was 21 years old? Yeah. But yet you're 22 at that time and you don't know any of those movies. Because, because, because I know of the movies and because music is ubiquitous. I don't I, know what that means. I can't, I, I'm not sitting I don't know at a. What you which means? What does that mean? <laughs> it means that it's everywhere, right? You anywhere from the dentist's office to the bar to your car, you're hearing music. They're not showing current feature films at all of these places. Okay. <laughs> I think I think you have to concede that that's slightly different. <laughs> it is it's different. All right. God damn it! I thought maybe I got you on one. <laughs> I because I can't go anywhere without hearing a song. Um yeah, no. So anyway, we do have a lot of of super talented folks over at the Tailgate Society, so please go ahead and check them out. Uh Chris, you wanna you wanna plug Rob and, and Revelton? I do. Um they are uh down in Osceola, fourteen hundred West Clay Street in Osceola. Uh they do have some upcoming events coming up in the next few weeks um they have um a uh, revelton's holiday high tea uh at the end of november which is the 27th uh and you know if this comes out what is today the 26th uh they do have a tricks and treats party this saturday uh the 30th down there live music costumes encouraged uh so go check them out um go hit uh, high v fairway i picked up a bottle of the honey whiskey today at high v um, so I could, you know, have some therapy here tonight, but, and I ran out, so, but, uh, <laughs> check them out. They are good peeps. That was yeah, hip, right? I, peeps. That was hip. Uh, um, we'll, uh, we'll just leave that one where it was, uh, but please go ahead and, and check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, holidays coming up. You're going to need something to drink to handle your family uh check them out they make a great irish <laughs> cream whiskey that i think would be perfect this time of year uh so uh they have a bit they have a little video running out there today uh, uh of some blackberry bramble drink that they that christy made uh that looks um pretty freaking it looks a little girly but i mean i might drink it i i'm not gonna turn it away especially like i said if i'm sitting around a thanksgiving table with with People in a man may not want to be there with. Uh, no. Um, when the Bears uh, play that day, I'll be doing a lot of drinking. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the number of things going on in the Bears organization, you might be doing a lot of drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, please go and check them out. Go and check us out at strength underscore old. You can find Chris at SciGrad, SciDad. You can find me at Tim Johnson MN. And find us out at T-Gate Society on Twitter or thetailgatesociety.com. And with that, we will see you guys next time. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours, terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this on my chest screen, bloody murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original scene.